Hey, this is Kyle Turner, the lead pastor of Hillsong, Kansas City. Welcome to our podcast. We hope that it inspires you, encourages you, and most importantly, helps you get closer to Jesus. Enjoy the message. Amen. Come on, give it up for the worship team. What an amazing time together. Good to see you in God's house today. Everyone doing well? Come on. Is everyone ready for next week? It's going to be a super Sunday. Wow, bad joke. It's great to have you here. Come on, North Location. Let's welcome the plaza right now as we're Lincoln Live. One big family of faith. Go ahead and grab your seats. I'm excited for Vision Sunday in two weeks. It's going to be amazing. We'll be celebrating our Super Bowl victory for all of 2020. I'm sure Pastor Brian will mention it in Vision Sunday. It'll be one of the main things. I don't really like the order of things here. I realize it's alphabetical, but the top nation is Australia. That I can understand. But USA's at the bottom. And, um, you know, the Word of God says, the last shall be first. That's a bad church joke. You guys love those ones. Everybody good? Good. I'm super excited. All the things God's doing in our church, our house of hope right here in the north location is like 99% complete. I think we got a couple pictures of what it looks like. Uh, it's amazing uh, what we have in store and it's our opportunity to impact the community and build relationships with people all around us. It is a bridge to broken people, hurting people, knowing that they belong in God's house, knowing that they need a vibrant relationship with Jesus. And we're doing everything in our power and ability to meet people right where they're at so that Jesus can meet the greatest need going on in their world and in their life. I'm very excited. And just as a pastor and leader of the church, uh, I know I speak on behalf of everyone who will be future, their future will be impacted by this place and this space. I just want to say thank you. And from the bottom of my heart, thank you so much for praying for it, participating in generosity for it. It's truly amazing that the, the day of its opening is quickly arriving. We get to open it up in February, and outreaches are going to start in February, and so many amazing things that we're going to utilize it for. So thank you so very much. Hey, we're in a season we're calling Awakening. How many enjoyed Awakening, the teaching series that we've been in in January? Um, We'll, we'll finish that one off next week, and I have a message that kind of lines up with what I spoke about last week, but we've been going over this declaration uh, that if you didn't get it, I think it's up on social media somewhere. It's just something we're declaring daily over our lives. It's, it's filled with scripture and biblical truths because we believe that our words frame our future. And I desperately desire for you to walk in the fullness of God's plan for your future. And so we're going to start in January just declaring God's goodness, faithfulness. His plan will prevail in our year. And the end of that statement, it says this, I'm just getting started. How many of starting is exciting? Everyone's excited in the start, but it's making it to the end that is vital. Seeing it through completion that matters the most is I'm just getting started. I'm sounding alarm. I am rising up. I am moving forward. I am seizing this season. Starting's fun because it's new. It's fresh. You're in anticipation of what it's going to look like. But to get to the end, you need sustained. You need, you need to learn how, how, how to, to steady yourself in the middle. Because new, new goes away real quick. New, new car smell, it dissipates real quickly, and then you realize, here I am, I'm stuck with this car. It's not as exciting as it was at first, and now i got to make that payment on said car. 
But to truly seize the season, you have to be ready for the journey. Last week I talked about where did your fire go? Like where did that passion, that desire, that excitement for the things of God, for what God's doing in you? And we got that spark back last week. But fire needs fuel. If you want to make it to the end of the journey, you can't just be excited in the beginning. You can't just have a spark of excitement early on. You've got to have sustained fuel to make it to your God-given future. And I want to speak about that. I want to speak about future fuel, future fuel, that there's an anointing from God on the inside of you that if you learn to tap into, there's some natural things that you need to do to prepare yourself for the supernatural things God wants to do, but there is a gift from God, the Holy Spirit on the inside of you, that if you will learn to lean in, it will give you a sustained strength through the journey. There is a source and a supply for your future, future fuel. Let's pray, come on, join us, Plaza North, let's pray. Lord, we thank you for your word. It's always true. It always shows us where we're out of line and then gives us the grace because it points us to Jesus to align us with your heartbeat, with your ways, and with your purpose for our lives. Lord, we thank you that what's living on the inside of us as believers is the power of the Holy Spirit to not stay the same, but to become everything you've called us to be. So Holy Spirit, illuminate our hearts, light that fire on the inside. We're gonna bring you our best and we're gonna expect your best today because you're just that good. We love you and we thank you that the Chiefs have a week off to rest and prepare for victory in Jesus' name. Amen. I saw on social media the, the Baltimore Ravens were bragging about they had 13 players in the Pro Bowl. I'm like, that's cute. We got 53 players in the Super Bowl. Just throwing that shade out there because I have the microphone. Anyone out there today feel like you're running on empty? Come on, we all feel it. Anyone out there feel like I just don't have enough in the tank to push through? Some of you barely made it to church. In fact, you came to church because you need a little fuel up. You need a little energy. Uh, and I think you made a right decision. But there is a source and supply of energy and of strength that you as a believer always have available on the inside. And yet God asks us to do a few things to make sure that we're fueled. In fact, it's our responsibility. It's, it's what we have to do. Uh, uh, several years ago, in fact, the early days of the church, I think the church was just about a year old. Um, I, I was running low on gas and I was driving, so I pulled in uh, to Quick Trip, as we all do. And I'm just gonna get a little gas, maybe a blueberry donut. You're like, Pastor Kyle, it was three in the afternoon. Don't judge me how I get my fruit intake. That's between me and the Lord. And I get a call and, I, and the number popped up and the name popped up and uh, I, I don't even know how I had this number in my phone, but it was a really prominent influential minister in our nation. And I could not believe that he was calling me, so I was excited. So I answered the phone, I'm sitting there right in front of the, uh, of the gas station. And I don't know about you, but when I talk on the phone, I like to walk. I can burn some like circles in the ground real quickly. And when I'm in the car, I actually like to drive and talk on the phone. So I just drove off and, and, and I forgot to put anything in the tank because I realized like, in my mind I'd already been there, but I hadn't done the job. And it wasn't but about three minutes later as I'm coasting down a hill that I realized I'm out of gas. So here I am, I'm talking to like a hero in the faith and in ministry, and I'm completely out of fuel. I'm parked right in the middle of 75th Street. Cars are honking at me. I'm trying to block out the noise so I don't sound like a fool to this guy. 
And I was out of gas. Luckily, I still had some charge on my phone. Once the phone call was done, I made a call to one of the amazing people on the team. They brought me some gas, and I am here today because of that. But what happens when you run out of gas, you've burned up all the fuel, all your resource is out. How many have ever faced burnout? Spiritual burnout, physical burnout, it's, it's a reality of our life. And if we're going to get to our God-given future, we're going to have to learn how to fuel. We're going to have to learn how to protect the resource on the inside so we can go to the places that we're called to go. Dreams do die when they're not resourced. Marriages can fade in passion and excitement if they're not fueled up. Hope disappears over time unless you learn to supply it with a source that's renewal, renewable. And you've got to learn the God who is the filler of your heart, the source of your supply. But you've got to learn. You have a part to play to fuel your future. You've got to learn how to fill yourself up. The definition of burnout is when the demands placed upon me are greater than the resources inside me. How many feel like that even today? I'll be honest, sometimes I feel like the demands on my life are greater than the energy, the passion, the excitement, the even natural gifting I have in my inside world. We've got a third kid on the way, and I'm already feeling like, I do not know. I know how that happened, but I don't know what we're going to do, how we're going to make it through, because I already feel like I'm stretched so much, and yet I know God wouldn't have this in the plan if he didn't have a plan to sustain me and strengthen me through this. I love what it says in Romans chapter 12. It says, be enthusiastic to serve the Lord, keeping your passion. In other words, it looks like it's your responsibility. Keeping your passion towards him boiling hot. I'm actually freezing today. Liz, in her pregnancy, is, is hot. Well, she's, she's hot in many ways, but <laughs> talking about temperature-wise. So I woke up this morning. She had opened the window last night, left it open. It was 28 degrees outside. It was 29 degrees in my room, and I'm still warming up. Keep your passion towards him boiling hot. Radiate with the glow of the Holy Spirit and let him fill you with excitement. Listen, as you serve him, let this hope burst forth within you, releasing a continual joy, a sustaining joy. Don't give up in a time of trouble, but commune with God at all times. Take a constant interest in the needs of God's beloved people and respond by helping them. I, it teaches us there that, hey, you've got to take ownership of your fuel. God will fuel you up, but you actually have to keep it, keeping your passion, keep, keeping it alive. It says right there that we, we, we get to our fuel by serving and pouring out for other people. Your future is filled and fueled by your serve to those that are around you. In my Bible reading plan, I stumbled upon this verse, uh, and it just stuck out to me. And it's kind of just a little detail in the Old Testament that actually I think will speak to how to make sure you fuel your future even today. It's from Exodus chapter 27, and God is telling his followers, his people, the Israelites, how to, how to set up the place of worship. How to, how to prepare what's called the tabernacle. We know this. We talked about it a few weeks ago, that traveling tent of where God was and where he would show up, where he would meet with his people. And it says this, command the Israelites, that's the people of God, command the people of God to bring you clear 
oil of pressed olives for the light so that the lamps may be kept burning. In the tent of meeting, in the place where God met with man, outside the curtain that shields the Ark of the Covenant Law, it says Aaron and his sons are to keep the lamps burning before the Lord from evening till morning. This is to be a lasting ordinance among the Israelites for generations to come. Tabernacles gone, temple is not the only place where God is. We know that we're now the temple of the Holy Spirit. We know we're now the carriers of God. And yet it says this is to last for generations to come. Generation after generation needs to learn that you've got to fuel the lamp. That you've got to bring your resource to the meeting place, to the house of God, to that connection point between heaven and earth, you've got to learn to fuel the lamp, and it is to stay burning. And it says, hey, they're supposed to bring, the people of God are supposed to bring it to Aaron and his sons. Those, those are the priests. The priests are the people that represent God to, to, to man and man to God. They're the bridge in between heaven and earth. But in the New Testament reality that you and I live in, listen, it says that you're the priest. We heard that from Nathan Finocchio the first Sunday of the year, that you've got a part to play in the ministry of Jesus here on the earth. It says this, 1 Peter 2, verse 9, but you are God's chosen treasure. Priests who are kings, a spiritual nation set apart as God's devoted ones. He called you out of darkness to experience his marvelous light, and now he claims you as his very own. He did this so that you would. In other words, he brought you in. He adopted you in. He's shown you his light so that you would what? Broadcast his glorious wonders throughout the world. Uh, Many of you know, Liz and I have been talking about the word we feel like for us uh, this year is that we want to see God's glory. We, We want to see the glory of God. In other words, we want to see God show up in a way we could never have taken credit for. So to get God's glory, we've got to get out of the way. We can't draw attention to ourselves because that's self-glory. We've got to always be pointing people to that marvelous light that is Jesus and what he's done. And all of us are called to be broadcasters of his glorious wonders throughout the earth. So you and I, we're priests. You and I, We're ones to preserve and bring the oil. You and I, we've got to fuel the light, the lamps. Why? So others can experience the marvelous light. You and I, we're the bridge between the kingdom of God and the world that we now live in. We are gatekeepers of God's glory for the world around us. You're here on purpose and with a purpose. And God has given you your own spark of the Holy Spirit. He has anointed you or called you or gifted you. You've got an oil reserve on the inside of you, but keeping it fueled up is actually your responsibility. And without us bringing our fuel, the future looks really dark. Kansas City is not gonna be any better if we don't fuel up. We won't bring lasting change to the hurting in the world around us if we don't have some fuel for our for our future. Jesus says in Luke 12, verse 35, be dressed in readiness and keep your lamps lit. That's on you. He says, hey, in Exodus, he says, you've got to bring that clear oil. You've got to bring that pure oil. You've got to bring it together. In other words, everybody brings their part and it is fuel to our future. What does it mean to me if I want to stay fueled for my future? I've got to learn to bring my best to God. 
I'm not giving God the leftovers. I'm not asking God to bless my plans. I'm learning to bring my best, my attention, my worship, my resource to the place where God meets with people. I've got to bring my best to God. And it's the people's job to bring their own fuel to the fire. Like, Pastor, I came to church. Tell me something good. Hopefully I do. Hopefully I pick you up. I surely don't want to discourage you when I get the microphone. But I can't do you for you. There's a part as a maturing believer where you take ownership and responsibility to keep my own fire lit and to keep my own flame, my own lamp, well-reserved, fueled for my future. And yes, God will supply all your needs, but it's as you connect to the supply. And the connecting point is your decision. I'm gonna bring my best to God. I'm gonna let God fill me up. I'm gonna do the work in the natural to prepare my heart for all the supernatural that God wants to do. Many people show up to church just wanting a supernatural spark, and I believe there's something powerful when we gather together, when we worship together. I think we create an atmosphere of praise where God shows up in a special way. This is why it is so important that we meet together, but when you come to the meeting, you should already have the fire. If you really want to get to your future, you're actually bringing your own oil to the house of God to resource, to light the way for others to find that presence of God. You know, in Exodus, we have these, it's all the commands. That's where the Ten Commandments come, right? And all the ways to set up how worship is supposed to look. And of course, we now live in a New Testament reality, but we can learn a lot from there. What God was trying to teach them is that they were a people that were under rule of Pharaoh and Egypt. He wants to show them, this is how you're to live, to operate, to worship. This is how you're to give, to serve, to honor, so that you can get out of your yesterday and walk in the freedom that I have for your future. And, and I think every one of us, we've got to take ownership. There's a part to play that we have for us to walk in the fullness of our future. And God says, hey, I need you to bring your own oil. I need you to make sure that the lamp is staying lit. Jesus also talks about keeping the light on. Matthew chapter six, verse 22. Your eye is like a lamp that provides light for, the, for your body. When your eye is healthy, your whole body is filled with light. But when your eye is unhealthy, your whole body is filled with darkness. Of course, we know he's not just talking about your natural eye. He's talking about how you see things. He's talking about your spiritual vision, how you're able to perceive. But really, he's speaking about eye, but he's actually talking about heart. How do you actually perceive the world around you? He says, if you can get it pure in here, you'll see it right and walk it right out there. And if you don't get it right, with how you're receiving it, perceiving it, you don't get the right vision, it's actually gonna bring darkness into your, into your world. You know, one of the names of the tabernacle that God called that place where he met with man, he calls it the place of the promised presence. In other words, if you get to that place, God says, I always promise I'll be there. If you can get to that place, I'll always promise that my presence will be right there but he says, you got to light the way. you got to fuel the lamp to bring people into the place of promised presence. Now, we don't need a tent to worship anymore. My presence isn't a place. It's in a person. It's the presence of the Holy Spirit. It's Christ in me, the hope of, of glory. My body is the temple, the Bible says, of the Holy Spirit. 
So there's no longer one place of promised presence. We are people of the presence. We're people that can have the presence of God at all times. And yet fueling that fire is still up to us. You're the carrier of God's divine presence here on the earth. And if the lights go out in you, it's a dark world all around us. You've got to take ownership. I'm in 2020 and the season of awakening in my life, I'm going to stay fueled up by serving. I'm going to stay fueled up by honoring God. I'm going to stay fueled up by doing the, the work, naturally speaking, so that I am prepared spiritually and supernaturally. And a sustained light, if you want to keep it on, it needs what? It needs a steady fuel. Anyone can come and pour some gasoline on a fire, and it can blow up in a moment, but it, it will blow up and it'll go out. And many of you, that's what you do. You get a moment of consecration, concentration, pour it all in in one moment, and you're on fire again for God. You're passionate again. And yet if you don't sustain that with a steadiness, it will be here one hot one day and dampened and out the next. You need to learn to get a steady fuel. And some of you, you don't know how to steady yourself, so you steal off other people's fuel. And definitely mature believers are there to help and encourage others. But you need to learn how to get your own source and supply. I think that's the beauty of Connects and why we gather together. If you're having a down day, the, the family of faith will rally around you. They'll encourage you. But you know you're walking in your destiny, in your purpose, when you're that encouragement for others. And that requires your own supply. Jesus tells a story, we won't look at it in detail, but it's a, it's a parable, it's the 10 virgins. You don't hear that one preached all that often. And there's five that are ready and there's five that are not. The king is coming, the, the, Jesus is coming back is really what it's saying. And there's five that have their own fuel and they're ready. And there's five that even though they're invited to the party, they don't make it in. They haven't kept the fire going. And they asked to borrow from the others and the, the, the ten wise virgins, the five wise virgins, excuse me, says, I can't give you any because this is mine. This is for me. If I give you some, I won't have enough. In other words, you have got to take ownership that I am not going to be dependent on others to be refueled. I'm learning to fuel myself. And when Jesus says, when the eye is right, when it's seeing it clearly, when it's well illuminated, you're able to see the right things, the God things, the future that he has for you. How many of you ever tried something on in a dressing room and you looked perfect? <laughs> and you're like, this is perfect. Forget that diet. I'm going to go get a cheeseburger after this <laughs> with Coach Reed because I'm looking great. And then you get it home. And then you turn the lights on at home. And in different lighting and with your normal mirror, you're like, that demonic person at the cash wrap swapped out this garment to torment me. You feel like, what did I just buy? This doesn't look anything like I thought it did. It's amazing when the lights are fully turned on, you see how things really are. And if you're only seeing things in shadows with deception, you need a God to re- Relight that lamp for you. You need, you need to fuel it up. You want to make sure you're seeing things in the right light. Psalms 119 verse 105 says, God's word is a lamp that gives light wherever I walk. If you want to walk in your destiny, you can't, you can't get around the word. What's the word of God? It's the written, it's the received, it's the timed and tested and proven will of God for your life. 
You need to sustain your lamp, your fuel, with a steady supply of God's word. Listen, you need to fuel on God's word when you don't need it. So it is there in reserve when you do. God will bail you out. God has mercy and grace for you. But you need to learn, I've got to fill up my reservoir when I have time and energy because there's a season where I'm going to be under pressure. And I'm going to need that fuel to sustain me. And it says, your word, it's a lamp that gives light wherever I walk. You might be walking through some tough times, but you can have God showing you the way out, showing you the way forward. And when the light is right, I'm illuminated and I'm walking according to the plan of, the plan of God. I think if you're going to have fuel for your future, you, just need, you need to make the decision, I'm giving God the last word in my world. I am not taking the advice from everyone else. I am letting God's word be the last word, the final authority in how I live, how I operate, what is right, what is wrong, and showing me where I'm missing it. And again, I already said this in my prayer, but then pointing me back to the grace of God so that I can get on the right track. Earlier in Psalms 119, it says, verse 35, direct me in the path of your commands, for there I find what? I find my delight, that my, my delight, delight. It's not a Jamaican word for the light, delight. <laughs> but I actually have my passion, my excitement. I, I, I actually find my fuel in his commands. I, I'm filling myself up with the way that God sees it, with the way that God wants it. And when I do that, I've got fuel for my future. And when I got fuel for my future, I might not like where I'm at, but I can still enjoy my journey. Some of you need to understand this right here, right now. You don't like where you're at, but you're not going to stay where you're at. You're going to find a fuel for your future. You're going to start delighting in the words of God. You're going to start obeying the commands of God. You're going to start bringing your best to the house of God. You're going to learn to get your fuel connected to his supply, and you will not stay where you're at. Burnout will not be the reality that you live in. Burnout will not be the expectation of your future. Now, I would declare this over your life. When the Holy Spirit, you're engaged with the Word of God, you're listening to the Spirit of God, it doesn't matter the pressure that's around you. There is not a circumstance or a situation that can stop the will of God if you will align yourself and fuel yourself for your future. In other words, you'll never be in a place where the demands on your outside will outweigh the resource that's available to you on your inside because the fuel in you, who's in you, is greater than anything in this world. But yet you got to choose. I'm going to turn the light on. I'm going to fill it up this year. Uh, It doesn't matter the resistance I'm facing outside. I've got a fuel and a supply on the inside. I know I'm making a lot of Chiefs reference here, but let's not act like that's not what we're all thinking about right now. Two weeks ago when we were down 24 nothing to the Texans, uh, we were 85% chance of winning when the game kicked off. A few minutes in, it turned a 94% chance of losing. But they don't know about Mahomes. <laughs> they don't know about Travis Kelsey fighting for his right to party. Because <laughs> as long as there was time on the clock, there was a chance. And let me just tell you right here and now, you feel so far behind. Some of you feel so overwhelmed and weighed down. 
Some of you, your outside world, your inside world, you're feeling under pressure like never before. And you feel like time is running out on your dreams. Time is running out on your purpose. Time is running out on your calling. I know we're brand new in the year, but some of you have already thrown away hope that anything is going to change in this year. But let me tell you, as long as there's just a little bit of time left and you've got a whole life in front of you, start to frame your future with an expectation that what's going on inside of me over time is going to lead me to all that God has for me on the outside. Because when I get my light fueled, you go far. 2 Corinthians 4, verse 6 says, let there be a light in the darkness. For God who said, let there be light. In other words, one word from God can turn the lights on. He's made this light shine in our hearts so that we can know the glory of God that is seen in the face of Jesus Christ. I think about Jesus when he goes up to the Mount of Transfiguration. He has this encounter there, climbs up the mountain with a couple of his disciples and met with some some heroes of the Old Testament showed up. And it says he glowed up in that place. Same with Moses. He climbed up to receive the Ten Commandments. There was a radiance on him as he went up the mountain to meet with God and came back down that people like couldn't even look at him. They said, cover your face. It's it's so bright. It's so illuminating. And I think there's a thought, listen, a thought in our mindset that we've got to like climb up to the top, have this God encounter. And when we do, up in that rare air up there, what means low oxygen, we've got to really strain, got to really stress and stretch ourselves. Then we meet with God. Then we can come down. And then we, we, we can have our light right. We can see it right. We can be illuminated again. And listen, I'm, never, I'm not saying that following Jesus doesn't have require sacrifice or devotion. Consecration, I'll speak about that next week. Consecration is a beautiful thing. It sets you up for an amazing future. But what you need to understand is like, you don't have to climb up to meet with him. He's already come down to meet with you. Because Jesus climbed the hill of Calvary, you have 24-7 access to the presence of the living God. So instead of thinking, I got a strain to get higher, what you actually need to do is quiet that world and dig a little deeper you got to find that voice, find that presence, find that peace, find that fuel that's already inside you, believer. And when you learn to find that, you'll have fuel for your future. You go farther than you ever thought that you could go. You don't need to climb higher. You need to learn to dig deeper. Because God does get the glory when you make a comeback. He created everything in this world. He turned the lights on with his word. He can turn the lights on in your world with one word from him. I'm filled up with his word, not with my Worries. I'm seeing it the way that God sees it, not the way that I currently see it. I'm running out of time, but not out of notes. Let me say this. God says, you got to bring that pure oil. It needs to be crushed. It needs to be pressed, excuse me. In other words, you got to squeeze it out. You take that living thing, and when it comes under pressure, it produces that oil. It says, I only want that pure oil in my house, in my presence, I want that thing that's pure. I need you to keep it burning from, from night to morning, from dusk till dawn. In other words, I, I need you to make sure that in dark days, in dark seasons, there's always a lamp that is lit to see you through to find my presence. And it says, make sure that it's pure. Let me just say this for some of you here. I don't know who this is for. Some of the relationships in your life are contaminating your future. And you need to hear this. Let me be your pastor for a moment, even if you're not a part of this church. 
you need friends of your future. Anyone who's not bringing some God energy and expectation into your life, anyone who tries to corrupt what God is telling you or what he's called you to, any impurity relationship, I'm not saying you gotta kick him out of your life, you need to just learn how to get a God boundary in that place. Because it's the relationships around us that can contaminate us more than anything else that we might have walked through in our life. Exodus 27, it says, pure oil. One translation says, beaten oil. In other words, there's a process of pressure that produces what's pure. Pressure produces something that's good. Paul says, remember, we won't look at the passage, but I have this, this problem, the thorn in the flesh. And I feel this pressure, this constant buffet of the enemy against me. God, why isn't it easier for me? Well, God, why can't I take, I'm, all I'm trying to do is bring your message, your gospel to the world around me. Why is it so difficult? And God says, hey, I allow the pressure, the resistance, even the pain, I allow it to produce something greater. It's there on purpose. Paul says not to, he realized he had a revelation that God's grace is sufficient. In other words, the problems weren't there to pin him down. They were there to point him to the one who actually has the power to do. In other words, it was there for him to get out of his own strength and find that grace strength from his God. The more I am pressed, the more pressure that comes against me. Guess what? If you stay in that place with God, the more it will produce for your future. Philippians 4.8. I love this from the Passion Translation. So keep your thoughts. This is your job. I got to keep my thoughts continually fixed on what is authentic, and what is real, what is pure, what is honorable, what is admirable, what is beautiful, respectful, what is pure, what is holy, what is merciful, what is kind. I fasten my thoughts. In other words, my inside world is anchored to what is right, to what is pure. And every glorious work of God, praising him always. Hey, when you're under pressure, a lot of thoughts can run through your mind. God's not going to be faithful. It's not going to work. You're going to go back to who you used to be. You'll never achieve that dream, that desire, that, that, that God dream that's in your heart. Allow the pressure instead of to push you back. Allow it to purify you. To like, I, every, every thought, every word that does not align with what God has declared over my life, I am boycotting the negativity. I am anchoring myself to what is pure to what is holy, to what God says about me. The pressure has a purpose. Paul says in 2 Corinthians 4, we are hard pressed on every side, but not crushed. In other words, the pressure, I'm feeling it, but it's not pushing me down. It's producing something that's pure. That's what he says in verse 17, same passage, for our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. The pressure you're facing, don't let it deplete you. Let it actually push you closer to his presence. Fill yourself up. Get that pure oil. Keep that lamp lit. And that anointing that's on Jesus, guess what? He was, pre he was pressed. He was crushed so that we could be made whole. That anointing that's on Jesus is going to flow on your life as well. Isaiah 61, Jesus' first public ministry, first sermon that he ever preached, and he just read from a passage of Isaiah. It says, the Spirit of the Lord, God, is upon me because the Lord has anointed me. And you as a follower of Jesus Christ, 
the Lord has anointed you. There's an anointing oil on the inside of you. The presence of the living God is on you. Because it's on you, you can bring the, the, preach the good tidings, the good news to the poor. He sent you to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberties to the captives, the opening of prison to those who are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord, a day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all those who mourn, to counsel to console all those that mourn in Zion, to give them beauty for ashes and the oil of joy for every place of mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they may be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. It's saying that what God has placed on the inside of you is what the world so desperately needs to hear. You gotta bring your best. You've got to let God's word be the final voice, the final thing that you're going to believe, that you're going to declare. You've got to keep it pure. Anything in your life that's stealing from you, let's cut that out today. Even Jesus says, even things that are producing fruit, John 15, you need to cut off some of those things to preserve it, to make it come back better. So even some good things in your life, if it's not a God thing, you need to just bring it to God and let him show you what's right and what's wrong for your future that he has in store for you. I'm declaring over your life, Hillsong Church, you will not burn out. You will not grow so weary in your well-doing that you won't reap the reward and the harvest that he has prepared for you. You've got to take ownership of that anointing and that oil, that fire that's on the inside of you. But as you do, God will take you to places you never thought you would ever get to. And let me tell you, your God dreams, as grand as they are, you will not get there overnight, but he will get you there one day in the right timing, in the right place. And I declare that over your life in Jesus' name. Plaza North, why don't we stand to our feet? If you're here and you feel like you're running on empty, if you're here and you feel like you're a little bit burned out, you came to the right place. In just a moment, we're going to collectively, with our worship, trade beauty for ashes, mourning for his glory. We're going to worship and praise. We're going to let him relight that, that lamp on the inside of us. We're going to let him refill us with that Holy Spirit and anointing and oil. But I want to pray for you at both locations. Why don't you just bow your heads and close your eyes. If you're here and you're a little weary, you're here and you're a little burned out, came to church and you needed a word from God, Maybe you came and sat through the message, but all you can hear is all the things that you have yet to do or all the things that are coming against you. If you can have the audacity and the humility to say, hey, Pastor Kyle, I'm running on fumes today. You just lift up your hand. Is anybody in the room, anybody on the plaza? Let's honor God by telling the truth today. Yeah, many of us, many of us are at our very end. Guess what? That open hand to heaven, he's going to reach out, grab a hold of your heart. He's going to take you to a beautiful place a God-ordained place, and your future is right in front of you. Let me pray for you. Father God, I thank you for every heart, every life, every future that's in this room, that's on the plaza, that's in this church. Lord, I thank you. You did not call us to something great without resourcing us with you by your grace to get there. And for every heart that's feeling depleted, for everyone who's gotten a little weary, for everyone whose outside world has so much pressure, they do not know the way forward, Lord, I thank you right now. You fill them up to overflow. Give them that pure, Lord, unfiltered, the best part of you in their life in the name of Jesus. Lord, I thank you right now. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk. They will not faint. They will rise up and soar to new places because you are a great God and have called them to great things. Lord, I thank you that they're going to keep their fire lit. 
that in 2020, they're going to walk in the plan of heaven, no matter what they're facing in their outside world, in their inside world. They've got the glory of God in Jesus' name. Come on, Blaza, come on, Lord, let's worship God.